This is episode 64 of the Rise Up Podcast. We're a morning radio show hosted by Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life, a network of stations across New York and Pennsylvania. Our podcast is a weekly conversation that will help you think and grow in your faith. If you haven't already, subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode and find out more about our show at familylife.org. It's Steve, Therese, and Tim helping you to rise up on Family Life, a friend you can turn to. Music is such a powerful tool, especially when it comes to sharing about God. What is one song you would play to share Jesus with someone? That's what we're talking about today on the Rise Up Podcast. I had a uh, wacky, wrong outlook of what Christianity was before I came, uh, gave my life to Jesus in my early 30s. I used to think that it's like, well, Christians are... <clears throat> Yeah, they're like too good, and yeah, it's nice and everything, but I can't be quite like that, and and uh, their life's probably pretty good, and I don't know, anytime I would mess up, I can't be like that. Hmm. So it was, a, it was a wrong version of what Christianity is. So when we're thinking about songs that really reach the heart of maybe, let's take someone like the old me that uh, believe right. that— uh, okay, I can't be that good and nothing bad happens to Christians. I uh, think a song that really means a lot to me is Laura Story's Blessings. And if I could have, uh, let's say, a person who doesn't believe in Jesus hear lyrics like, what if trials of this life starts like that? It's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going through trials. Or yeah. or we cry in anger when we cannot feel you near. It's like, okay, well, I've, I've probably felt like that. Or we doubt— your goodness. We doubt your love. And so when I hear lyrics like that, it still speaks to me today, but I would love to share that and those lyrics and the song with someone who doubts God, who doesn't believe there is a God, who doesn't, who feels God doesn't care about me. Yeah, I I love that you're saying that, Steve, because I feel like one of the biggest obstacles to Jesus, to the church for people is how bad the world is. Well, if God is as good as you say, is like, look at how terrible things are. Look at what happened. I just think like the raw pain of our experience keeps people from accepting Jesus sometimes. And that's why the first time I heard this song was so powerful for me. And it's why I would pick it to share with somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Therese, it was just after, um, the Buffalo uh, Tops supermarket shooting. Oh yeah, that you played uh, here on Family Life for the first time. Anna Golden's "Take It to Jesus." I remember that song. Yeah. I was just thinking about that song this past weekend. Yeah, it hit me like a ton of bricks in the context of what we had all just seen happen. This horrible tragedy. You're like, how do you explain this? How is how do you say to somebody, God's still good after this happens? And then the words of that song, when your questions don't have answers and you just can't understand it, when your mind just won't stop running and the tears just keep on coming, you don't have to explain it. He hears you before you can speak. That's the heart behind Take It to Jesus, mm, that song from right. Anna Golden. And I feel like that speaks to a day and age where we we see it constantly on our phones and our news feeds. We can't escape the pain in our own lives or in the whole world's pain. And that's why I think Take It to Jesus is one where I'd want to say to somebody, hey, look, y- you might not know him yet personally, but let me show you how we can pray to our loving, our loving God. For me, I love the power of music in being able to teach. You know, if you have trouble memorizing scripture, 
There are a lot of scriptures set to music that you can listen to, and it just kind of helps you memorize it. And so when I hear a song that I feel like explains so much about our faith in a beautiful, melodious way, I want everyone to hear it. And for me, recently, that song has been What a Beautiful Name. Mm. And, you know, it it talks about how Jesus is the word, how he was at the beginning of creation, which is biblically true. It talks about how Jesus came to earth, brought heaven down, how great our sin was, and how death had to be the payment for our sin, but how death couldn't hold Jesus, how the veil was torn, how he ascended back to heaven and is there now, and how we'll be together again, how we have so much power in that name of Jesus. And so if there was something that I could share with someone, especially who doesn't know Jesus or understand him completely, it would be that song, because I feel like it does such a good job of encompassing so many truths about him that we sometimes overlook. Now, no song could perfectly sum up everything about God. I mean, you would have to take the entire Bible and then set it to music along with commentaries that explain all of the nuances and details. Uh, But when it comes to a song that kind of opens the door, kind of opens my heart to be able to worship him for all that he is, that is the song that does it for me. And I'll take it back and wrap it around to the end of Laura Story's blessings. You know, I brought up all those doubts, the doubt of God's love, the the doubt of his goodness, and other lyrics like when friends betray us or when darkness seems to win. It's like, yeah, as a non-believer, I can I can understand that. I mean, I I get that. But Laura Story does a what if. You know, what if? Because we're acknowledging bad things happen. But what if my greatest disappointments were the aching of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst this world can't satisfy. So, you know, the song, you know, the lyrics are the, you know, are these things going on just blessings in disguise? They look bad. And yes, they are bad in our life, but we serve a God who's so much greater than all the bad that's going on. And, and uh, so, A song, those are ours. You probably have your own because it's different for everybody. But uh, use everything. Use all the tools that God has given you, including uh, his music to spread his word, his joy, and uh, his message. Sharing the message of hope. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. You know, I'm thinking Tim has his official ranking of theologians. You know, <laughs> his favorite thinking, theologians. Oh. Like coming in at number five, oh. it's Luther, right? Probably uh, he, somewhere to, in there. <laughs> You've got to hold. Well, no, you're saying no, huh? Num- number R- one, though. I, I have a feeling we're. we're Wait, going, is it R.C. Sproul? It's going to have to be C.S. Lewis. Oh, I, man. I, I was so close to R.C., the C.S. C.S. Yeah. yeah, well, any good yeah. theologian has those, you know, initial names. Like right, yeah. right. Okay, so I read this from C.S. Lewis. I knew you would love this. When the whole world is running toward a cliff, he who is running in the opposite direction appears to have lost his mind. Oh, look at that. That's so good. And I was like, wait a second. I've heard that before. I've heard that before. Do you remember when you were a kid and your mom said, well, if all your friends jumped off a cliff, would you? Your mom Mom. is like... A great theologian! (laughs) 
We weren't sure how you liked your coffee, so we didn't make any. Hope that's okay. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. I really don't know how to describe this. I can't come up with the exact words because I'm I'm a little confused. Here's the situation. Not an unusual situation because it deals with potholes. Everybody has dealt yeah. with potholes before. And this sure. guy in his neighborhood, there was a pothole at an intersection right near where he lived, and it and he complained. And nothing happened. He complained again, and nothing happened. Neighbors complained. Nothing uh. happened. So he decided to take a, a little action. And so at this intersection where there was this hole about a foot deep, Oh, that's big. I know. That's a, I mean, yeah. He said it could big hurt a car. You know, yeah, you definitely could. Yeah. yeah. So what did he do? He <clears throat> he planted a tree uh, right there in in, <laughs> in the middle of the intersection. <laughs> right, right. Planted a tree. So and to me, that's a little bit. Uh, that's a little bit passive aggressive. That's I, the only way I can describe well, yeah, it. But like, that's a lot of work, though. Like, that's active. Passive aggressive, like planting yeah. a tree is pretty active. But thing. planting yeah. a tree, I mean, that's right. good for the environment, good for air quality. So that's kind of kind. So that's an active, yeah. passive aggressive kindness. Well, yeah. Um, guess, but it's very, Which, it's very random to see a tree is. sprouting right. yeah. in the middle of the road. Yeah. I'd call that a random act of active, passive yeah. aggressive kindness. Yeah, that's what. That's how I was going to describe it. Exactly. Yeah. Come closer to the radio so we can see you. Wow, you look great today. This is Rise Up on Family Life. Actual resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yep. that's true. A lot of new faces at our church, and you know, the, you know, that happens at Easter. Some are family and friends in town visiting, and some are there because, well, Easter's a good day to be at church, right? That's one reason why I'm really thankful to be a part of a group of people that shamelessly believe that. Jesus really did come back from the dead. We, we really believe it. It's not a fairy tale, not a moral lesson, or just like a metaphor. No, it really happened. And I, that's why I like something our pastor said yesterday about this, about the resurrection, that it's like it's too good to be true, just that one little thing. Like, it is true. It's, it's too good yeah, to be right? true, and it is true. Yes, we really believe he is risen. Anyone else wish morning started just a little later? Yeah, we get that. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. Can I borrow your eraser? I need an eraser because I, I keep uh, a list. Okay. I keep a list and I have to update my list here. I, uh. I keep a list of the weirdest chicken facts that I've ever found. It's right oh, here. Oh, I've seen that like <laughs> scroll you have. Right. It's very long. Yeah, exactly. It's a long list. But I need to now erase my latest uh, entry to put the newest entry <laughs> Of the weirdest chicken fact I have ever heard. The oh. weirdest chicken fact Steve has oh. ever heard. Thank you for that introduction. I must say we should have had the pre-recorded introduction for that well, one. Well, here we go. Apparently chickens. Now, this the first part is not the weirdest chicken fact, okay. although it's weird. The, the follow-up, the ending is the okay. weirdest. Okay. Right. I didn't realize that chickens that see another chicken bleeding tend to attack it. What? They see a chicken. <laughs> I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah, exactly. So they see the blood and they attack the blood. And that's that's weird enough. But here's the weirdest part. Here it is. Early 1900s. There was was rose tinted chicken glasses that were marketed to farmers (gasps) so the chickens could wear them and not see the blood so they wouldn't like attack Attack each each other. Can you imagine just 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 seeing chickens wearing rose tinted little glasses? I mean, the spectacle that that would be. Uh, <laughs> May the blessings of the Lord be with you in all that you do today. This is Rise Up on Family Life.